here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm so pleased to be joined by someone who has been involved with Smash for a little while and has made videos in the past, is an active competitor. We have Ninji here. Ninji, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Cypher? Yes, I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Part of the reason why we are here talking now is we have a mutual connection and turn down for Walt, who told me you were a, you were an inspiration to him starting his own YouTube channel. So I asked Walt before I interviewed, before we started recording, right? I said, Walt, what, what would you recommend a, a video that Ninji made? And he said, Harmony. So I went back and watched that video. It's the it's a combo video, bunch of different clips. And I can't believe that something like that was made uh, like as long ago as it was. It seemed to be something that I could definitely not see an entire style that Walt has copied to a T or anything like that. It's just, I would have expected to see something like that more recently, but here you were, you were doing this a very long time ago. I think at least seven years ago now, right? Yeah. Um, and a little bit on Walt, he always said like the inspiration thing, but you know, I think he's an inspiration to a lot of people. Um, it's always really humbling hearing those words from him because he, he brings it up a lot and he, he makes sure I'm not like fading into irrelevancy every single time uh, my name comes up. So I really appreciate him for that. Um, I wish I could have the motivation to make content the same kind of energy that he has with the content creation game. But um, yeah, and as far as Harmony goes, um, yeah, I made that back in 2014. It was one of my like really first big videos that I made in the Smash community. Um, I have a pretty interesting background, which we can get into as this progresses. But um, yeah, I made that video. Um, in a lot of ways, I think a lot of people got a lot of inspiration from it. I know a lot of people were messaging me back in the day that are now like today content creators that are pretty active. Um, I can't think of me off the top of my head. Some of the ones that come to mind were like Dare to Shine back in the day. Um, there was this one guy that made a Falcon combo video that I'm forgetting his name, but there were a couple people that used to reach out to me all the time during that like kind of era of content creation. Um, just being like, how do you do that? How do you do that? And I was like, I use After Effects, you know. Um, so in a way, it's interesting having been in that sort of era and seeing where content has gone now, like in 2021 with like things like Golden Guardians, things that PG are doing, um, Walt, for example, um, Awesome Sauce is another pristine one, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's awesome. Um, so it's really crazy to see the heights that content creation for this game that's been out since 2001. Is that now 20 years later, right? Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that was kind of the thing that kind of put my stamp in the community at that point. I've somewhat faded into irrelevancy today, but I'm also happy with that decision because I'm in a good place in life. So <laughs> we can go into that stuff if you'd like. Yes, so that's a brief overview. It all kind of just starts with how Walt says to me, I have somebody that I want you to talk to. And I go, of course, absolutely. I mean, Walt, you could tell me to talk to just about anybody. And I'd be like, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Because I appreciate all the nice things that he either says about me or, or, or does like, you know, kind of like I'll, I'll refer to him for questions that I have for myself, hopefully not too terribly often. But I was very happy to to take him up on a on an interview recommendation because uh, people from time to time say you should talk to this person and that person and that's always fun to continually make those connections and it was a great video by the way it, it got some okay. comments from people like Axe and Seal who by the way shout outs to Seal it appears in just about any comment section of any good video that's made about or around melee anyway I wanted to ask you a 
about the origin story, about how you got into Smash. And according to the comments from that Harmony video, somebody was asking you about videos that you must have made and had public at one point on your channel about Call of Duty. But was that the original gaming community that you were in when you were younger? Yeah, so let's um let's kind of step into that. I'll, I'm going to go back to like really early days when I started making content, and then I'll talk about Melee um, specifically and how I got involved with that. Absolutely. So I'm forgetting the timeline exactly, like the years, but I'll try to it <laughs> our yeah. high level. Um, so in 2008, I was playing competitive Brawl. Um, I was a part of like one of these weird like clan things where they had a bunch of like websites and they saw like those weird like live chats. Um, but I was just talking with people in there and I got early involved with, I guess, the early days of esports, if you will. Um, I always knew about like competitive Halo, for example. Um, but I was really like glued to Brawl at that point in time. So I really got really early involved with Smash in general and I've always loved the game. Um, I would say in 2009, 2010, I picked up an Xbox 360. And that's where I really fell in love with games like Halo, Fable. Um, I didn't really jump into Call of Duty at that point, but I was playing a little bit of like COD 4. Um, but Halo was like my big game that I would play like a lot, a lot of. I got involved with a community called the Trick Jumping Community. So at this point, um, I was really into like wanting to make videos. I was just like my childhood thing. I feel like a lot of people at some point were like, I want a capture card. I want to go make videos. Yeah, absolutely. So at that point, I was like, hey, mom, I want to get this like Dazzle. DV, well, I've heard the name of it, like the Dazzle. Dazzle. Like, yeah, super old school. Um, reports like garbage, but uh, at the time, that was like what people got, right? It was either that or the Hapog HD PBR was the other big one at the time. So I was just like, I want this Dazzle so I can record my gameplay and upload it. So I recorded a lot of like Halo content at that point. Um, I was involved, like I said, in the trick jumping community. So I actually, um, in a couple of videos from like early 2010 to like 2012, centered around like trick jumping and those videos actually got a good chunk of views a couple of them have like a hundred thousand and stuff which is pretty crazy for a kid at that time getting yeah. into, like being involved in those sorts of videos um so that was kind of like that fueled my early like desire to like make content and i learned about like i think at the time i was using like sony vegas specifically and like just trying to get like my, kind of my feet wet with like content creation in general and just video editing um eventually i kind of you know fell out of love with halo um, just play. It's one of those things where you're just playing too long. Um, you want to try something new. So at that point, I kind of picked up Call of Duty. And you might laugh a little bit, but at that point, I um, got involved with the trickshotting community. Um, you may have heard of that or seen that at some point. So things like FaZe Clan, that's uh, what people like to meme on all the time these days. Uh, um, I, yeah, I'm not super familiar with the Call of Duty community. I will say, though, that like... Uh, I, I think a lot of people just like to watch for Call of Duty and Halo specifically, especially back then, were just like top tens or just like compilations of insane, crazy things that happens. You know, 360 no scopes and whatnot. I mean, we all know those kind of yeah, basic videos. What it was like. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was I was just saying that I wanted to make sure that I, I made it clear that like my knowledge of the Call of Duty and Halo community is like it's pretty it's pretty slim compared to. I guess melee in particular, but I just remember those like, you know, like Machinima also had like, you know, videos that were like, like slightly higher produced that I would watch one or two of, but mostly it was just occasionally I would come across something on my YouTube feed or a specific YouTuber that I would follow at the time would play the latest Call of Duty or the latest Halo. And I'd go, oh, okay, this is interesting. But like, other than that, I didn't get super deep into the iceberg, if you will. Sure. I'll give you the brief kind of quick and dirty rundown of it. Um, so Call of Duty, um, a lot of people played it like competitively, right? You think about people like Nadeshot, 
or like scumpy um they're kind of like they go to tournaments they try to compete for money they play like different like intentional game modes and then you have like kind of this secondary community that kind of spawned and actually got to a really crazy height at one point um especially during like black ops 2 era but trick shotting more or less was just like let's do cool things right and let's like take these like snipers that are really like well designed honestly and just figure out how we can like break the limit on that and do like basically like i would equate them to like skateboard tricks <laughs> like people kind of look at it as like flashy right and that spawned a lot of like editors um the way they kind of broke apart like the clan structure was like there's editors graphic designers and then there's like the players the people actually hitting the clips um and then there's like the leader people that kind of manage and stuff like the different teams that existed at the time so for me, I was actually like a player. Like I was actually one of the people like hitting the cliffs. But okay. there's some people that are kind of like a hybrid. There's people that are like a hybrid, right? So there's people that like learn how to video edit, learn how to do graphics, but can also like be a player, if you will. So I kind of did all three. Um, throughout high school, I was learning like video production. I also took some graphic design. But on the side, when I was playing COD, is where I actually learned like all of my skills. And you have these people that are like, very talented editors that are just like at your disposal so i was able to just like ask them questions about like after effects um just kind of get my my feet wet on like that program and just like figure out how that works and that's really where i established my foundation and my video editing skills um and i've been doing that like since like early 2012 um till now i've fallen out of love with it a little bit but that's kind of where, where that came from was that's where I really took off with like the video editing thing and I really learned like some really powerful skills with it and can do a lot with it honestly. Um, so now let's go to the present um, where I am now. So I left the Call of Duty scene uh, 2011, 2012. No, no, it had to have been like 2013, 2014. That's right. So I was in it from 2011 to like 2014 and then I kind of fell out of that. And that naturally means that I need to find something else, right? Right, yeah. So I one and I kind of alluded to this with you earlier when we were talking. Um, I actually used to watch competitive Smash in 2006, but at that point as an 11 year old kid, you want to tell your parents like, hey, I want to go to this tournament. Your parents are going to say no, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's also at that point where my hands are too small to actually do anything with the buttons. Um, so like, even if I were to pick up a controller, I wouldn't know how to do any of the techniques. Yep. Uh, so I, I watched it early on in 06. Um, I did watch similar sets. Like I watched Ken versus Azin um ken versus pc chris like those sets one oh, thing yeah. that i remember distinctly was um there was a combo video i actually watched very early on it was a kirby combo video made by inferno omni and that was like the first like content piece in melee that i've ever watched and i was just like oh my god i want to do that and i always have had like a sweet spot for kirby ever since unfortunately kirby's never really been good in anything besides like project plus project n but <laughs> that's how it goes i guess I'm trying so hard to remember the name of that video because I want to call it the Kirby side video, but that's not true. But it starts off with like one of the Kirby games. It's a soft guitar, acoustic guitar, but then yep. it goes immediately into like a like a hard rock version of one of another Kirby songs. And most of the exactly. combos in that video are on computers, which is also hilarious. Yep. But I love that video. I don't care. I'd watch it today. I'd still love it. I was trying to find it. I think it got like copyright striked or something. Yeah, probably. Um, which sucks. A lot of the early videos like, yeah. back in the day, did. Um, if you think about like Shadow Claw, like with Taj's Mewtwo combo mm. video, where like um, I killed Mufasa, I think some of those videos got copyright strike because they use like Final Fantasy as well as like 
Um, I'm forgetting the music choices. But Some yeah, of the heavy hitters. Yeah. yeah, uh or uh I, I don't know if it got like uh re like some of them I think I killed Mufasa eventually did like get reinstated in some degree. I think they just did that thing that they do nowadays for YouTube videos where they say, Okay, we'll leave it alone, but we're just gonna take all the ad money off of this video for ourselves to the uh to the copyright holder. But if I'm thinking about it, you must recover is also one of the like the very early videos about melee where it's just like a compilation of people doing insane things around the legend recovering or edge guarding. Which yeah. was insane, but like you know, they played uh, "Staying Alive" by the Bee Gees. So like, I'm sure it got muted at some point. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's a little sad that happens um, with the current state of YouTube. I think that's part of the. To allude to it, yeah, that is one of the things that really drives me away from content creation, like being censored to use yeah. creative things. That kind of sucks. Um, we can talk more about that in a future conversation or later on in this interview there but use am i right no apparently not that's not a thing not if you ask the big boys right um so moving towards the present now where i'm at here um so 2014 i actually got involved with smash before i even saw the documentary um like i mentioned i already kind of had a history with brawl i watched um some mlg stuff in 06 i've always been into that competitive gamer mindset right um but for me I really got involved with it. Um, I actually started playing Brawl senior year of high school, which was 2014 for me. And uh, one of my friends would come over every day and we'd play Brawl. And then one day he said to me, have you heard of Project M? So this oh. is actually the other way, right? A lot of people get involved. Yeah. So for me, it was like I went from Brawl to PM to Melee, basically. <laughs> so I played Project M and I'm like, wow, this is actually so sick. The gateway right? drug, that's Brawl. <laughs> Brawl's the gateway drug. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like opening the first time like an older build to PM, you open the replay right and then like it like loads everything up and you're just like, yeah. oh my god, I feel crazy. And then you get all these like cracked characters out of the box. And it's like you get this new movement that's like easier than melee, but like, you know, um it's it's Project M, however you want to describe it. Yeah. Um we were playing things like Dr. Mario and stuff. I was trying to learn like Falco at the time. Um but then eventually I kind of, they kind of fell out of like the smash space. We kind of parted ways because we were all graduating high school and doing different things. So sure. we didn't really hang much, but I continued on with like melee and that actually carried over to like when I went to ASU. So I, um, I'm from Arizona um, and I went to Arizona state and I okay. started going to like ASU weeklies initially. At that point I already watched the smash documentary. So it was like, that was enough to fuel me to want to like find out more about this. Right. right. I already enjoyed Project M and melee. Um, I started going to like these free weeklies. Um, I also started going to paid weeklies. Um, trying to remember who hosted them at the time. We have a very small venue here called the Gaming Zone. I want to say like Ty hosted them, but I don't think that's accurate. Um, they were it was basically like when Melee was on a deathbed, right? Like this was like a tournament that had like 15 entrants, but then those numbers just ramped up over the years, right? I remember like in I want to say 2016, we had an ASC weekly that had 200 entrants. That's a free weekly. <laughs> Like a couple of people showed up too, and it went until like wow. 5 a.m. Wow. Yeah. It was sick. Um, I actually got like second out of the tournament, by the way. I was really hyped about it. Ooh, no, that's, oh, wow. Hey, hey, out of 200 plus people, we take those. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I was just like, that's sick. But um, obviously, in my mind, I was like, there's no heavy hitters, so it was like futile. It was also a free bracket, so it was also, you know, I mean, we still not real. <laughs> we do take those. But, yeah, I mean, don't you um, think I would be trying to, sorry, you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was just going to say um, 
I started playing competitively, but I was also like interested in getting into content creation. So I started watching a lot of combo videos again. Um, I used to watch a lot of like Halo and like COD montages, right? So mm -hmm. I kind of know the formula to success, if you will. Yeah. But I was watching like what kind of existed in this kind of modern era of Melee or like at the time of 2014, that sort of modern. Mm -hmm. The one video I watched all the time that I, I distinctly remember was the combo video called The Game Is Not Over, which is basically a celebration of like the game kind of existing for 10 years. Like it's still around, people still play it. Um, they made a The Game Is Not Over 2 that was like the 15 year anniversary, I believe. Um, but the one for like the 10 year anniversary, that was the one that I used to watch all the time. And I actually, I, I, I like took like mental notes in my head, like what is this video doing that like makes me really enjoy it? And like, I kind of was thinking about like how, what I used to do for my like COD stuff. We do some pretty advanced like video effects stuff, right? But then something that people always complain about with video production is like over editing something. Oh so, yeah. Like, putting, <laughs> like, on top of something, right? So I was trying to think to myself, how can I combine these kind of two universes where we have melee combos, which kind of speak for themselves. Like you watch the clip and you're like, wow, that's very impressive. Like the gameplay is sick. But then you also take these sort of visual side of it and you try to like mash those two things together to make like the perfect universe of things. Right. Yeah. So for me, it was like, I was taking kind of mental notes on the game is not over. And I saw like, wow, this is actually like, there's some pretty cool effects like kind of sprinkled in here, but it's not like overbearing to the point where I don't want to watch the video. It's like I'm watching these clips and I'm like enjoying the clips and they're synced pretty well to the music. So that was one other thing I really noted. And I was like, yeah, this is like the way this is edited. It's very just like appealing. And it was also like a 15 minute video. But to me, it felt like a five minute video every time I watched it. Oh, that that's was one the other mark thing. of a good video. Yeah, exactly. That was one other thing I like mentally noted. Like this video is just like zooming by and it just feels very fluid. And like I feel like every section kind of fades into one another. And so I was like, I want to do that, right? And so that was kind of the next step for me. So I made a couple of them early on um, on my first channel that I made, Ninji SSB. I made a couple of like tournament highlight videos. Um, mm. I don't remember the first one I made. I know one of them was for Smash the Target, which was a really awesome regional on very early on when I first started competing that we had here in Tucson, Arizona. Um, but that nothing really took off like my harmony video that you mentioned at the beginning um yeah. that video got a lot of feedback from a lot of like popular figureheads in melee and it was really cool just like creating something and like getting a lot of that like positive feedback that's always one of the most satisfying feelings for any content creator is like you create something and like a majority of the feedback's like just nice stuff like you did a good job with this or i really like this part of it you know things like that just, yeah they butter you up <laughs> for sure um so that brings you to the modern content era i guess other things that i worked on there was a channel i created briefly called random forward smash um rfs which actually, I'm really proud of. yeah rfs i'm very proud of it because i was able to with a friend um you may have heard of mikey or the cheat me and him worked on that channel together friend of the program i've actually had mikey on yep i actually saw that that's why i brought it up <laughs> Suspiciously, um, but, he didn't mention you. I mean, what do we do with the cheat? You go to BTS and you don't mention Ninji when we were no, we were talking about Yangling. Obviously, sorry. Go ahead. You're fine. No, I love I love Mikey. I love Nick. Um, those guys are great. Um, some of my early best friends um, in the Smash scene. Mikey's you know got his things going on with BTS and he's a commentator. So 
and I've somewhat, like I said, I've somewhat faded into irrelevancy, and I don't take Melia seriously anymore, so I'm not offended whatsoever. <laughs> but um, me and Mikey worked on RFS. Um, I was very proud of it because within like three months, it got like almost 2,000 subscribers, which is, I think, was pretty impressive for like yeah, this community. That's good growth. Um, I wish I kind of was committed to that, like you know, um, consistency, um, making sure you're uploading like every week or whatever, every couple days. Yeah. But to me, as at the time, it was really hard to meet that schedule. Um, and I was just going through a lot of stress, right? So I was like, ah, I can't really do this. I'll give up on this channel for now. So that's where I'm at. And I haven't really created content since. I create small pieces like trailers for tournaments or in the case of Nicky Moon campaign, I created that video like a couple months back. Mm. Or I'll edit a small friend's clip for fun because I just feel like it one day. But I don't really make videos anymore. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, just like a semi-retired. This is just more of like you'll do that sort of a friend's favor thing on occasion and it's just uh, the, it's kind of like somebody coming up to you and being like, "We're in a situation unlike we've ever faced. I know you're retired, but it's one last job or whatever." Like you're pretty much at that point. Yeah. Like I made a trailer for Smash Camp. You may have heard of that tournament from Mikey. Um, probably the best tournament I've ever gone to in terms of like the experience. Highly recommend it for anyone out there. But um, yeah, and there's another one in March as well. So take a look at it if you can come. I mean, I'm in Pennsylvania, so I mean, I don't know if I can commit to to March per se, but I do want to try to go to more tournaments in the next year of 2022. Uh, on your Twitter, I saw a few tweets. Well, first of all, your bio says you're ranked number seven, I think, Tucson region for 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 melee, and also that you were like, oh, I'm I'm having a good time with competing right now. We'll see where this goes, kind of a thing. For 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 coming out of the quarantine era, you started entering in a few of the melee locals. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. So I'm actually ranked throughout the state, not just Tucson. So I'm oh, let's in the state. Oh, that's awesome. I misread and, that. That's on me. That's okay. Um, I'm also from the Phoenix area. Um, so not Tucson, but a lot of those guys are awesome, and I love them. Most of them moved to Seattle, so I'm not going to see them anymore, unfortunately. But oh. yeah, um, Phoenix area. So what's funny about the past season we just had because the quarter just ended, right? And we do quarterly PRs. We didn't really do it throughout COVID, but um, this most recent quarter since in-person tournaments opened up again, we started doing rankings again. I actually was one off of being in attendance, but it was by choice. So the reason being, so I think I would have been like eighth in the state this season if I went to like one more event and like didn't like get upset or whatever mm -hmm. um, in my seed. But um, I had a friend who has never made PR um, he goes by Roji Biv, or they go by Roji Biv, apologies. Um, and they were just like really talking about wanting to be on the PR. And the last bracket I entered, he um, SD'd in game four um, to like bring it to a game five versus me. And I felt so bad about it. So then they told me, like, hey, um, don't sweat it, you know. But then um, I, I kind of I have information of who, like, how the rankings are going to go because all of my friends were on the panel for their RPR. So. They told me I would have been eighth, um, but they were saying, like, this person will be 10 if you don't go. And then I said, cool, I'm not going to go then because <laughs> wow. I wanted them to be on the floor for the first time. But wait, hold on. Is this hidden information? You do know we're recording right now. Like, Roji Biv is, like, knows this already? I literally messaged them and said, hey, I'm not going to go because I want you to be number 10. I straight up told them. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> That's awesome. I'm sure, well, I mean, hey, I'm sure anybody would, I feel like, appreciate that, at least to some degree. I certainly would. I'm just thinking about, like, I put myself in your in your shoes or, or other people's shoes of the stories that you're telling. I'm really like, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Sorry, I just overanalyze a lot, and then I forget where I'm going with the conversation. But I wanted to ask you about, I wanted to ask you about, like, your, your, not trying to make a lot of videos, but you're still competing in locals occasionally as you're able to. So for, for yourself, you're doing uh, not mechanical engineering, software engineering, right? Yes. So you're living your adult life now. So why is Melee still a part of your life? Why would you say it's still a part of your life? So this is a really good question. This kind of defines me, I want to say. So I recently, very recently started competing again. I did compete for a short stint in 2019, specifically to get ranked and just kind of, you know, have some sort of distraction in my life at that point. But basically throughout all of COVID, I didn't take the game seriously at all. Um, and similarly, from like, I want to say like 2017 to 2019, I didn't take the game seriously at all. So at that point, I was also semi-retired, if you will. So I think the stint from 2017 to 2019 was because of college. Right. I needed to finish my degree. Yeah. I wanted to get out of college. So my focus there was on school as well as whatever relationship I had going on. So at that point I was just like, Melee's kinda here. I still play friendlies and go to like fests and stuff, but I don't go to enter brackets or try to compete at tournaments. Excuse me. Um and then twenty nineteen, I wanna say I was going through a breakup at the time. Yeah. So at that point I was just like, you know, I needed something to be like a distraction. So I was just like entering yeah. like everything. And then hilariously got ranked that season, right? Because I put all my focus into that instead. Um, and then I kind of took a break through COVID. I'm still like, you know, going to fests. But a lot of my really close friends, they're all like either former PR or current PR people. So I get really good practice regardless of going to tournaments, which kind of sucks for our scene in general, because that's how it is for like all of us. Like we're all just kind of like, we're all playing each other. We're all the ranked players in the state. None of us really have motivation to go to events anymore. We're all growing up. Like we're all like in our late or like mid or late twenties now, right? So it's like going to a tournament's kind of a thing of the past because it's like it's hard to dedicate that much time in a day now with yeah. your adult life and like the priorities and responsibilities you have now. So that's I think that's where a lot of my friend groups kind of gone. The only people that I can think of from my group of friends that still go to events pretty actively are like Nick Yingling and Mikey, and that's it. Yeah, there's a player named Floats who's a very talented hit boss here who is also attend attends weeklies occasionally. He's one of those people that can like get like fourth or third in the state right below like Ty Meds Axe, um, but just doesn't really enter that much. Could probably make a big den and make like top 64 in a bracket out of state if he really wanted to, mm. but just doesn't go. Um, but those are like the three people I can think of from my group of friends that still play somewhat. Nick being like the one that plays the most, I'd say. Yeah, entering a lot of brackets. I, I think that... <laughs> My favorite thing most recently about Yangling, just to take a brief uh, aside into the, the Nick Yangling factor, is how yeah. how a Practical Tacit tweeted that for everybody that was at Riptide in the top eight, they were all like in Summit, except for one player. <laughs> but it's not oh. fair because, of course, if there's a ninth <laughs> player that's in the bracket and it's going to be someone, it's probably going to be <laughs> Yangling because, you know, there's... Just a minor. <laughs> I feel so bad, even funny. though Yingling would mess me up so bad because I'm a horrible player compared to like anybody who would be like ranked in a region like he, like you also like you would spank me around. But like everybody's memeing on on uh, Yingling a little bit there, which uh, is unfortunate. But it do be that way sometimes. 
it's just how it be, right? People want to see people like you know, people were complaining about not having Johnny, which is whack. Like Johnny's gone to every summit. Let this guy have it. Um, I am happy he made it through. Of course, being one of his good friends. Yeah. Uh, even some of the spirit bombs that happened, he was like, he like got skimmed three times in a row. I don't know if you're watching the voting. No, um, I was paying. Like, oh, I was paying super attention to that. That was so. Was really we had like a bomb, and like you're all in a Discord channel, and every time you can, you should hear the channel. It was like everyone was so hype, and then like the hype just died down instantly. Uh, whenever he didn't <laughs> make the cut, you around. I was only on the stream with on on Mikey's stream when they actually, when when Yingling actually got in on the final voting day because. Uh, Wizzy got a bomb and S2J got a bomb and and Nun was getting a bomb as well and so like I feel like Yingling was like at fourth for just a hot minute there but then all of a sudden jumped up from about a 120 to like 168 170 like just like that yeah. I was floored and everybody was like putting the fish in chat you know just put put the yeah. fishes in chat put the fishes in chat and like i think it's like a bunch of people i don't even know were you in that call when that happened yeah, I was. oh my gosh so we've already I met we were popping up in my house because my my roommate was um my roommate's name is he goes by pat combo um we were both in our room just like popping off and screaming our heads off when it happened I was shaking, like I was just like shaking. I had so many nurses. I really wanted this to happen, even though I've never met Yingling in my life. I just got behind yeah. that campaign so hard. It's actually my. So I did a, I, I did an episode that's not released yet, but I did a, a top ten with Toph of like favorite melee moments of 2021, and mine made mine really personal. Number two, just behind doing the podcast, number two for me was watching Yingling get into Summit because I just thought that was the coolest thing. It was cool because it, I like the way Mikey pitched it to people. He was like, he's like the everyman. Like, he's like your work hard community member that has a very successful tournament series. Um, kind of is in the background. Not many people know who he is, but he's also a player who qualified and could like potentially make a dent. I know he took a couple games off of none, but apart from that, you know, whatever. <laughs> but you know, yeah. <laughs> um, I know he. I know he's going to value that experience for probably the rest of his life. Um, absolutely we're all being friends with him since like the early days of 2014 right seeing that growth in, in like the past seven years and seeing people like mikey and him like really taking off in this scene is really cool um so it was really awesome just watching it from like kind of the sidelines but you know i've all we, we're still in the same group chat we talk to each other every day so <laughs> it's not like i'm not talking to them right so like i was going to ask you about like fomo like you see you see friends of yours who are making more of a dent in terms of like the entire melee community as a whole and you had made videos that were very successful in the past so like where does that leave you for your for your own thinking and and we hadn't That's quite answered the question of why you're still doing melee by the way we didn't get quite that far we got sidetracked um, a little bit but you could probably tie yeah. that together right so yeah we actually could tie this together so one of the things I'm trying to discover about myself right now is I have very bad motivational issues, which is hard to say because, you know, I'm a software engineer now and I, I was really motivated at that job when I graduated in 2019. And I would say in terms of that field, I'm doing really well. Um, I found a second or I found my second job back in May. Um, it's one of the biggest tech companies in Arizona right now, actually. So I'm very proud of myself for accomplishing that. Um, but when it regards to thank you. Yeah. Um, with regards to things like melee, it is kind of like that mentality of like, did I do what I want? 
right? Like, have I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish? So with regards to being ranked in the States, like, there was a period where I was like, yeah, this is good enough for me. I don't think I want to be top 100. I don't really see myself hitting the top 15 at any time if I um, try really hard. And as you probably already know, Melee is a very big mental game. Like, the mindset in it, you need to have, like, the most godlike mindset. Something like a Zane mindset, right? Yeah, Zane's where got you that. Do something oh like gosh. Summit. You can lose some at 11, but still just be kicking and like want to like destroy people even in the next tournament. That's crazy to think about. I don't have that resilience. I don't have that godlike mentality. It's like if I if I take a loss that I feel like I shouldn't have taken, it really sets me back and it really affects me um, emotionally. So it could be really hard for me um, entering in general. And even this season, it's kind of fascinating. So I, I made the decision. So I started the game as a Fox main. Well, to go even further back, I was a Jigglypuff Falco main, and then I picked up Fox, and I made him for six years. Um, and then I tried to do Marsh Sheik specifically, um, coming back this time around in, like, the new era, 2021. Um, and I found, like, a really good, like, consistency level. Like, I was very, very consistent in every bracket. I didn't lose I didn't lose people I should lose to, but I wasn't able to beat the people I, like, shouldn't beat. Fair. So that was kind of rough. So my consistency level went up a lot. My peak skill, or like the like where I want like that new heights and like beating people that I shouldn't beat level, I kind of lost a little bit of that. With Fox, there's like a more of a variance for me where my if I'm playing really well, my peak's like really high, but if I'm playing poorly, it's like I can lose to anybody. It feels like so. I've kind of had like an inner monologue with myself like, should I just main Fox again? Um, but I also haven't really had the motivation to go to brackets again, um, despite you know like two months back, like being really hyped about it again. And I think a lot of that's like the side effects of Summit 11. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> when I watched it, I was like, wow, I love this game. I'm going to play again. And then that's kind of like wavered a bit for me now at this point. But I am enjoying like just like going on unranked, playing people, playing direct with some friends still, going to fests in person. Like that will that will be a big part of my life for a while. And I actually already got access to Nickelodeon All-Stars. So I've been playing that today for like three hours. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. That game's fantastic for anyone that hasn't tried it yet. Um, everyone's going to be able to play it, I believe. I don't know when this is going up, but tomorrow from today. Yeah, we're um, recording on October 4th. Uh, I'm hoping that this is going to go out later this week. I, <laughs> Oh, I will tell you stuff when we're done recording. Anyway, it's it'll yeah. it'll be close enough to the release time that by now everybody will be playing and hopefully enjoying. And I can't wait to see... I haven't. I'm surprised I haven't seen this. By the way, we can talk about this, even though it'll be like behind the times, quote unquote. But like, you know how when every new Smash game comes out or a new patch or new whatever, within hours somebody will post a busted clip and go, "Well, this obviously isn't gonna work." Like I, <laughs> I remember very specifically, like, uh, <laughs> well, actually, it was a, it was in a, it was in an invitational for Ultimate. MK Leo did the thing with Bayonetta, and everybody was going, "Oh no, not again." And then for another thing, I saw a Meta Knight combo before Ultimate came out, and we were like, oh, no, we're getting Brawl Meta Knight again. I was like, okay, calm down, calm down. Everyone just hold. Um, some of the clips people are seeing on Twitter, I don't really think they're representative of the game. Like, I know Cody posted one where, like, Powder Toastman, like, zero to death, somebody from, like, zero to 23% and then she died. Nick was actually messaging me, like, is this real? And I'm like, I doubt it. He's not combo <laughs> DI, nor is he survival DI. Like, I don't think that would happen in a real match um yeah it's just like you'll but, see you'll see busted stuff but like I, I think if it's made well there'll be enough ways to play around like that's why melee is a great game because somehow they accidentally landed on a 20-year meta 
just some in a in an 18 month development cycle that's insane or 19 months you get it mm -hmm. so to kind of tie it back to the original two questions like why am i still around and yes fomo stuff yeah i definitely have a feeling i'm missing out seeing the success of walt and obviously i'm not being like i'm not trying to be like i'm so jealous of walt it's not like that at all it's more like i could be doing this and i could find similar success um and walt always tells me like if you came back that'd be like the greatest thing ever but i'm always like every time i pick up after effects and try to like edit a video i lose motivation within an hour mm. um i've had a lot of conversations with like i started talking to a therapist recently about it like just motivational stuff um my previous roommate um he got a degree in psychology and we used to talk about this stuff and this doesn't this transcends like the game itself like this happens in my everyday life too um where i just have really big struggles with my motivation like I recently have been really wanting to learn things like game development. Um, and every time I try to watch a video, it's like, I'll watch 10 minutes and then I'll just like, be like, okay, let's go do something else. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really trying to get to the bottom of that um, problem. Um, the other kind of element with competing specifically is like I mentioned, I feel like I'm never playing my best. Um, so if I'm, let's say I'm playing Fox and let's say I go to like a, a regional or a national, I feel like when I go there, I'm never playing like the way I want to play. And I can, it seems as though if I practice all I want, and this might just be like a scrubby thing or me making excuses, but it feels like every time I go to like a national, I just freeze up. Like there's just weird tournament anxiety. I mm. feel an, an absurd amount of pressure to perform. And then I just end up doing nothing. I'll make it out of like round one pools, but then round two, I just can't like move or I can't play the way I want to. So it just feels strange. It's not uncommon. I mean, like Logan, uh, formerly LSD, Logan, I'm talking about that Logan, like, took a lot of attempts it wasn't just one or two times of playing a top 100 player to beat a top 100 player but like logan has said that was their singular biggest like challenge or biggest like mental block it was just every time it was time to play top 100 player just like it was all the anxiety and like pressure to actually play well and perform well and and ryle beats like shared the same thing it was just like going to a national like it just all of a sudden it wasn't fun it was like it felt like like a big test of some kind there's so much pressure like I, I i like that that and i would probably feel the same way as well where it's like oh i'm i'm playing well here but like you go to an out-of-state tournament and you don't know a ton of people there other than the homies that are there supporting you but it's still just like oh my gosh and there's a lot of things that feel like that's out of your control i'm sure it's fascinating because i'll um i run into a lot of top players that unranked it's really weird i feel like i run into so many like i've played people like cactuar as fat i've actually ran into logan um i ran into i played like a long session with azzle oh that's cool and like every time i play them it's like these feel like winnable like i feel like i'm i have the capability of being at that level if i just give it my all right but then you you put yourself in that real setting and then it, everything just kind of changes and every obviously it's a friendly so you can't hold it with like the greatest right. of weight mm -hmm. but it's still like, you know, an indicator, like, can I keep up? Can I do the things that these top 15, top 20, top 100 players in general are doing? And I feel like the answer is yes. Um, with more practice, more commitment, more like just hitting that consistency, um, like kind of breaking. I like the way Kadoran puts it. Um, I was doing coaching with Kadoran and he basically said, like, you need to have like a beginner's mindset. Like, second you start thinking that you're like, the shit like your your ego starts taking off that's when you're gonna really fall short and you're not gonna like grow because you're just gonna sit here and keep thinking like why are these people doing this like why are, like 
I'm better than this guy. I shouldn't lose to this guy. When you start thinking that way, that's when you start really failing or losing in the game. Um, and those are things that I certainly struggle with in general. If I if I had uh, to like talk about for like motivation for myself, it would be such a, a such a weird thing. I could not be bothered to do school when I was like all throughout school. I think I got tired of school after third grade or something. I was just going, I don't understand yeah. the point of this. I know how to read and write. This is this is ridiculous. What is this math thing? Who's ever going to use math? Uh, even at, even at like uh, 2005, and I'm 10 years old at that time. I'm going. These computers are only going to get more computery. Like, who needs to know math? <laughs> I have no interest in learning math whatsoever. So, like, I could not be bothered to do school. But then the first day that I worked, like, a shift where I was being paid money to do that, I found that much more enjoyable. I had so much yeah. fun. I could hardly notice any of the depressed older coworkers around me. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, this is great. And they're all just going, like, uh, give it a few months or afterwards it was give it a few more years and i still like working i've uh, adjusted since but like i had never had any issues with being motivated to work for like years and years until like closer to to nowadays where like i have a wife and kids so like i'm more motivated to be around them as compared to being at work a lot or like too much if that makes sense but like yeah. it's such a weird thing school on the one hand like is is work but yet somehow because I'm not being paid to do it, I don't know. So like that's that's a whole thing. And then being motivated to play Melee, for me, I don't often play the game or at least not as much as I would like to. And usually it's because of how slow this laptop is. Hope to get a computer sometime in the next year. But it's 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 doable because of Diet Melee. So shout outs to Ham Yojo and the uh, entire Diet Melee team. It makes it possible to play on Slippy for me, but I still just like go, I think I'd rather spend several hours working on a podcast than play Melee, strangely enough. Or at least that's how it is for me most of the time. Um, I feel like I didn't really nail your like FOMO question, so I'm going to try again on that. Um, for me, it's like, yeah, there's definitely a layer of motivation affecting that. Like, There's times where I'm like, I'm going to make like my like magnum opus combo video, like make the next best thing. And mm. I, I, I can't think of ideas for it, right? Like, here's the music I want to use. Here's like some of the combos I want to use. Here's some effects that I've really thought about and like would love to implement. Um, it's like kind of like what I said. Like I pick up After Effects, I edit for like thirty minutes to an hour, and then the magic's gone. It's just like I don't want to. And to kind of pinpoint that, and my my previous roommate gave me a really good like quote. He said, "You don't really find motivation; you find purpose." And that actually really resonated with me at that point in my life because it was like. I had just graduated college. I felt like my purpose wasn't really here. I also wasn't really actively playing Melee. I was playing more of like friendlies for fun with my group of friends, right? Um, but for me, it was like, maybe he's right. Maybe it, that ship has sailed. Maybe um, it's time to go on to something else. And evidently, I now am a software software engineer. And I, um, I've been doing this for about two years now after college. And I really enjoy it. Um, I feel like I'm learning a really marketable skill. Um, you make a dumb amount of money in this field. Um, <laughs> I feel like I can create anything I want. It also it blends well into kind of my next, what I think my next passion is, which is like I mentioned game development. Um, I don't want to per se build a game, but I want to like teach it or I want to like be an educator of game development. Um, some of oh, the channels cool. that I watch that are big inspirations for me are like Mark Rober. Um, you may have heard of him. He's a really big YouTuber. Um, mm, I don't think another so. channel that I watch. 
Yeah, I can go over what they do. But the other one I watch a lot of is like Danny, um, D-A-N-I. Um, he makes a lot of just like game development videos. So Mark Rover is a, a scientific YouTuber. He used to work for NASA and Apple. Um, but oh. then he went to YouTube this time. He works with people like Mr. Beast. You've probably heard of that channel. Uh, yeah, no, I've heard of Mr. Beast. Yeah. So he, um, <laughs> yep. he, does, he does a bunch of like science experiments, basically, but turns it into like an edutainment style video. So it's like educational, but it's like very, very entertaining. Yeah, that's cool. And I that's think cool. Those videos are like, I think those videos are so sick because you get to learn this really, really complex scalar idea, right? But then they make it really digestible, really easy to watch. And it's kind of that same effect, like, it's a, like a 20-minute video, but it feels like it was, like, three minutes just because of how it was paced and how well it was, like, created. That's awesome. Same sort of effect. Um, and Danny, he's just, like, a game developer, like, in college who makes, like, gaming videos. But he's, like, he makes a bunch of, like, meme stuff, and it's just really funny to me. I don't know. Um, he, he makes it very approachable as well. Um, and he focuses more specifically on, like, the development side of it. He does like sort of things like he rebuilt Among Us, but as a 3D game. Like I thought that was one of his videos. Yeah. Um, he also does that sort of same style of like edutainment. Um, and I've told my girlfriend, uh, my current girlfriend, like, hey, I think my passion is like education. So my current job that I work at is an educational tech place. So I'm working in ed the educational sector. But in general, I want to like be an educator. I want to teach people things. I don't think I want to hit the like professor or high school teacher status or anything like that, but I definitely want to like take the skills that I'm learning and then like basically regurgitate them back out to the world so people can learn them in an easier way. Cause that's definitely something I really struggled with in college was I, I studied computer science, right. And like, I felt like I learned nothing in my like actual classes. I had to teach myself everything. I'd love to be a resource for people. Ooh. Well, I'm glad that you're at least willing to consult with Wald on like uh, content creation and such, right? I mean, I'm sure that's yeah. a big reason why he likes to just look you up sometimes and make sure that, well, first of all, hey, how you doing? But also like, so I have questions. <laughs> or maybe at first it he's was like a, that. He's a big inspiration for me. Not just, I know he says the same thing to me. Like, I wish you'd come back. I wish you'd, play, I wish you'd make more content. I wish you'd do stuff. But it's really awesome seeing like where he's taken his content game. Because he, he went from, like, you know, like, the combo video sort of style. Yeah. Now he's making these massive documentaries that take so much time out of his day. And then I'm like, why are you inspired by me, man? You're making these crazy videos that, like, I remember watching the um, the Abate um, versus S2J documentary. And I was like, dude, I have chills. This is sick. <laughs> like, Seriously, I just yeah. watched this. How are you inspired by me? I didn't do anything to make you create this. And <laughs> you did this all on your own. So, in a way, you know... Um, I love Walt for that. He he makes me very feel very happy about like the kind of mark that I've left. Um, yeah, sure. Like I don't have the following that I might want, but it's all you know. It's not like real like enjoyment. It's kind of like fake to me. Yeah. Because I had that. I already had my time in like the the limelight as like a top player in Call of Duty. Um, I guess we didn't really go into that, but I was in a really big team called Sword Sniping or Sword Gaming, and they have like eight hundred thousand subs and stuff. I was on that team for a bit. Ooh. So I had like that exposure to like being a popular player. You were gaming. It, it, was really, it was really hollow. Like you think that you'd be really happy, but the reality is like all of your problems don't just fade away. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Person just because you have 20,000 followers on Twitter. It might make you like feel like satisfied because you have this fan base, sure, but true happiness kind of comes from the inside in my opinion. So 
I have another question about your uh, your video creating process yeah. right now. When you spend like 30 or so minutes in After Effects, like working on something, are you working on one specific thing and chip away at it? Or do you keep trying to make a new concept in your mind translate to the screen? I kind of have that perfectionist issue. So I'll like open After Effects. I'll try to do something, but I'll be like, this isn't exactly right. This isn't exactly what I'm looking for. And then I'll try it and beat at it for like 30 minutes. And then I'll lose all of my motivation because it's like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> this is too like tiresome. Um, which I don't know where that exactly stems from, but my process is generally like I'll take a clip and I'll I'll focus on like one specific piece of footage. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't really, I don't like just like dump everything into one spot and then be like, how can I rearrange these puzzle pieces? It's more like I go one at a time and then I think about what kind of effects or what kind of like syncs I want to add to the music to make it feel like. Give it, give it kind of a feeling, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. not just like, it's not just Mark doing it down here. It's like Mark doing it down here to the beat, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that something that's really impressive with like more modern combo videos is that some of them like try to tell a story as well. Like that's insane to me. Mm -hmm. Like it's already hard enough to like find everything, to put it together properly, to sync it to music or however you want to do it. After Effects, this, that, and the third. Now you want to tell a story. Like what's going on? How many, how many yep. things do you have time to do? <laughs> It's a lot of pressure. That's actually because that's like the that's kind of like the thing I was going for for my Magnum Opus combo video. Um, I'll leak the name because I don't really care. I was gonna call it ethos, which kind of means like culture or like, you know, like values. Um, and I was thinking about like, just like there's a big culture that's developed from Smash. Um, I feel, and like there's everyone when they think about like popular players in our scene, they have a very very big personalities. You think of like a Scar or a Mango. Yeah, you think of like an HBox, um, a Leffen, right? Those people, they exceed like the game itself. People know those people outside of Smash. Yeah. Um, so similarly, I feel like our scene as a whole. Um, I was going for like a theme of like I feel like our scene as a whole like really transcends just like this one genre of game, this one game in general. Um, so I wanted to kind of base some sort of comedy off of that and really just drive the point home and this was during like that whole like band against nintendo thing too because we like created this scene basically from nothing right um this was like around the time the the new documentary came out i want to say it was december of last year i'm forgetting the timelines but yeah uh yeah you mean um, um samox's new documentary yeah metagame yeah yeah, yeah. Um, this was uh, the end of 2020 mm -hmm. i remember there was just a lot of that drama too that with the like smash scene that is still being pulled up which is a little obnoxious but you know um but yeah that's my story in a nutshell like i went from being a pro cog gamer kid to like going into melee struggling with motivation and uh, mindset stuff so drifting away from the scene in a way content creation definitely have a feeling of missing out but i think i've made the right choices in life and i'm happy with where i'm at today um it's a big i don't deal. really look at like like mikey nick well, I don't really look at them and think, wow, that could have been me. I don't really feel that way. I'm happy for them. Um, I'm happy with where I'm at. I do sometimes think, should I come back and make content? I have that thought consistently. But I know deep down, if I even try to make a video, my body won't let me. <laughs> so <laughs> I just happily let it pass by. And I just work my 9 to 5. I, I've been going to the gym. I might go to some tournaments. I'm actually going to main stage as well as Genesis. 
So oh, that's cool. That's awesome. I'm going to main stage for I'm going for main stage for Nickelodeon though. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I hope to see. Uh, who, who have you been playing today? I um, I really like Aang and I really like SpongeBob. Oh, they cool. really resonate. Isn't that I just a fun thing to say? It's 2021. Yeah, Aang just like really resonates with me in a platform fighter. I was like, wow, that's cool. It's, it's a great show, obviously. Yeah. My top three for the game right now are Cat Dog, April O'Neil, and probably Oblina, actually, after playing through all the characters. Hmm. Armando's actually playing Oblina, like mapping zero to death combos already. Apparently, he found a couple, according to my roommate. <laughs> so. Um, I'm very interested to see if this game has longevity. I hope it does. Um, I really enjoy what I've played so far. I think that a lot of people will like it too. Um, I think the first like hour was just like spamming, and then like now you kind of see like the formula of success, and you're like, wow, this yeah. game's actually pretty. Like, there's so many gameplay factors that this game has that are just like nuts. So I'm really looking forward to um, everyone getting to play it tomorrow today's october 4th like we said mm -hmm. and then i'm looking forward to see what it looks like at main stage because by then they'll be like everybody will play for a little while here and yeah some people will pull away to play the new character that gets dropped for ultimate i guess the last i'm assuming that it's going to happen this month if it's not tomorrow because that's when the new character is going to be revealed for ultimate if it's not dropped at the same day then it's probably going to happen sometime this month or the beginning of next month at the very latest that's the Typical formula, if I recall correctly. All that to say, it it this, hopefully Nickelodeon All Star Brawl will sort of like, uh, kind of like lay that by the wayside at least a little bit in in anticipation of main stage, especially because there's going to be a bracket for it, and Ultimate's already there. Nickelodeon All Star Brawl is just like a straight up new game, so I'm hoping that is a big part of why people play it for at least until a big kind of profile, high profile tournament like main stage and we see something crazy yeah. happen and then more people start playing the game. This game is crazy too. So I have like my friend group from call of duty that I'm still in touch with. And like, they're talking about this game and we've been friends for each other with each other for like nine years now. And they're like super excited about the game and they don't even play mainly. They don't play smash, but they're going to be playing this game with me tomorrow. And I find that so crazy that our game can transcend scenes like that. And like these people that kind of like, they're not really involved in the scene whatsoever. They um they still spectate and they're still watching in the shadows. Lurking. I find that so crazy about the game. Yeah, they're always lurking, but they're it's just crazy that and these are people that are like, you know, like they were top pro gamers in like twenty twelve and they're still like just like spectators of our game. Um just because of how high level it is and how deep it really goes for a two thousand one um child party game, right? Mm-hmm. Um also, I wanted to ask you, um, who do you? What's your money on for the DLC character that gets revealed tomorrow? I'll oh, say mine after you I, see it. I just, you know, like you know, just like burn the ships or you know, go hard or go home. So Master Chief, of course. That's my second want. Um, so, like I mentioned, I love Halo, so I would love to see that. Um, I've been playing Halo Infinite, the Insider, but now that Nickelodeon All Stars is coming out, I'm gonna put my focus into that. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think it's gonna be Sora personally. That does, there does seem to be some people. leaks implying that, yeah. I feel like there's been some strings pulled because I remember there was like an interview where like Sony, or I'm sorry, um, Square Enix was like, there's no way this character's ever going to be in Smash. But I feel like there's just been, and I know that he was voted as like the most like desired character from Nintendo. Like he was number one in like four different like um, regions of the world. <laughs> Whoa. So like, 
people want him, right? So I sure. just see it happening. The other one is probably like Waluigi. I've also heard possible leaks that this isn't going to be the final final character. This is only the final character of the Smash Pass. So I've heard leaks saying there's going to be like five more characters in total, but the last four aren't going to be on the Smash Pass. I've heard leaks like that as well. My gosh. So who knows what ha will happen? Um, it's about to turn three years yeah. old. This game is about to turn three years old, and they're still going to work on DLC. I mean, that's fine. But the Switch doesn't really have that much of a lifespan left. I, mean, I imagine that, like, I don't know if Sakurai is going to necessarily continue to remain involved. But based off of interview stuff that I have seen, there's this one big interview that he did with somebody in Japan. And I didn't, like, read the entire script, but I did see something about retirement. And Sakurai's like, I don't really like the idea of following the quote-unquote formula for retiring. So I, I'm sure he'll do Smash until they take it away from him, more or less. But, like, I mean, that that new game will be part of, like, the next Nintendo console, and that's probably not further than three years away since the Switch came out in, like, 2000... I want to say 2016, but it was probably 17, if I'm thinking about it correctly. I don't know if we'll ever get another Smash. It's kind of hard to, like... Because if you think about what this is, this feels to me like, you know, the final frontier of a Smash game, if you think about Ultimate. Yep. Here you have every fighter that ever existed in our game with with some more that we're just adding on top and we're about to hit a roster of almost 100 play or 100 characters yep it's nuts like how are you going to one up that in like the next iteration of this I'll, I'll tell you how i'll tell you how you'll finally put sector z into this game as a stage cowards i don't care about corneria it's too small sector z from 64 where it's a massive stage like the 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 great fox or whatever it's called it's like so huge such a fun level but they never put it into any smash games other than 64 and that hurts my feelings it really does i thought i thought they put all the stages as well am i mistaken no it is not in there trust me <laughs> i still check just because i yearn for it but it's not there it's the only 64 stage in ultimate that's missing they put in you know, Hyrule Castle, the, the 64 Peaches Castle, and uh, the Congo Jungle level, all that. That's all there, except for Sector Z. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, you're telling me, I know. Yeah, maybe, maybe they were disappointed in that level, um, looking back. Maybe they were, for some reason. I'll just have to play the other 300-plus variations and stages. It's okay. I'll get over myself. <laughs> all of the modded copies of Smash that have that stage involved in it. Oh, you know what? That's the other thing. They didn't put the Ganondorf, like, the boss level stage in as a playable stage. That's a super yeah. cool stage. There's a reason why they use it in a lot of the intro graphics for Ultimate, and then they take it away from us, the gamers. I mean, I, I think I was on Fuck Nintendo when that happened, when I realized I couldn't unlock that stage. Maybe. No, I'm kidding. I was probably on that train earlier, but you get it. Well, Nintendo definitely needs to get their act together in more ways than one. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. so many ways so many ways it's interesting because you'll see all of the debate and like banter about it on twitter and then i decide i don't want to engage in any of this because i don't i don't like using social media in that way so i'm just like i'll just kind of watch you guys complain about this and be on the fucking pendo ship sure <laughs> yeah normally that's not the verbiage i like to use but it's just it, I, I think that an appropriate uh, response to somebody going to all lengths to stop you from what playing a game that is no longer uh, buyable or sorry, you can't, you can't buy it even if you wanted to like to be stopped from doing that for more, more or less control like that. It just yeah. sparks a lot of feelings. 
for sure. It makes no sense to me. This kind of ties into that copyright thing I was telling you about where mm. people ban stuff. It's like, you're not losing much. Oh, tell him, Ninji. Tell him. Frustrating. It's like, why can't I use your music in my video? You're actually gaining, if anything, as a result of me. I'm gaining very little by comparison. Mm-hmm. Almost I'm like a million YouTuber, which I'm not. How, how many people were asking you for the songs from your Harmony combo video? I was seeing the comments. Many. As for as many people saying, I need to know what songs were used, there were also people saying, I didn't dig the music, but that's fine because they, they were yeah. actually hearing it and digesting it in their brains. Right. So, in other words, like, obviously, there's only so many times you can use Thunderstruck by ACDC because that's kind of kind of getting yeah. worn a little bit thin, but... Come on, you gotta, you gotta no. acknowledge fair use. Where did that? Where? What happened to that word or phrase? Anyway, that's how I feel about it's it too. Blend Twitch too, right? Like all of the NDA, like Twitch stuff, where people will literally, or not NDA. What is the word I'm thinking of? DMCA. DMCA. Yes, NDA is the one where you can't talk about something. Yeah. But um, all of the DMCA stuff with like Twitch, where people literally can't stream just like whatever music they want to listen to. That's crazy to me. Like, your stream's like your own personal hangout spot, and you're not allowed to listen to the music that you like. That's absolutely bonkers in my head. What about what about, about these it. games that are made nowadays where they can, where it's like streamer mode, where you basically have no music in so that you don't get in trouble for your stream? Like, the gamers are like, here, let's, or sorry, the developers say, here, let's give you a version of the games that you can play safely on stream. And it's like, why are we... Why are you doing that? Why can't like, you just... If I want to play Game Park 3 on my stream, I'm going to play it with the beautiful music. <laughs> it's insane. The other character, yeah. by the way, you said you just said Kingdom Hearts. That reminds me of the Sora thing. Uh, the other character that I would want to see would be Goku, just because that's another meme yeah. ca- character pick. Like They're not going to put in Geno that's, and Wa- or Waluigi, but... Goku, sure, why not? Just, just, just do it. Like, screw. Just throw him in there. <laughs> people would go absolutely ballistic if that happened. Like, obviously, they'd be the camp of people that'd be like, "Oh, that's been right." But there's the people that like would just be like, "Did this really just happen?" <laughs> yeah. Yep. But, I would be. Uh, I would be on the this really happened camp for sure. But even, but even still, like, even still, I'll, I'll be happy to retweet as many Vigilante Blade tweets as I need to, where Vigilante Blade says, "Hey, let's not forget all the things that Nintendo has done to screw over all of the competitive communities that it, that it does not, it refuses to foster." I'll, I'll retweet those the same day that somebody like Goku gets dropped. Don't worry, don't worry, fellas. I'm gonna vent. I know we're coming close on time here, um, but I want to vent. It is very frustrating that the tournament organizers that were running the most recent tournaments got gypped so hard with project plus the way they did with how soon their events were about to happen that is absolute bs when that when i saw those things i was pretty livid and that's i think that's the thing that really put me on the fuck nintendo train at the moment um it's weird growing up being a nintendo kid right and now you're kind of on the backwards side you see the world for what it is as an adult and you're like wow that's very scummy yeah (laughs) and these are your friends like you think about, like, I'll think about, like, a Nick Yingling or a Mikey, people that are, like, my close friends that are tournament organizers. And if I saw that happen to them, I would be heartbroken for them. Yeah. Like, if they were running Smash Camp and Nintendo's like, you can't stream this game at Smash Camp. Like, that's whack. <laughs> we're not doing anything to you. You're protecting some, like, copyright rights that, like, genuinely don't affect you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, in the end, as much as we like to think that we are the bee's knees, we are a drop in the water. 
I told somebody who's like just like oh i'm gonna get my son like nintendo stuff for christmas and i was like you shouldn't do that nintendo doesn't really care about like a lot of its community and he's like what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) i'm explaining (laughs) to a 50 some odd year old man why he shouldn't buy stuff for his children (laughs) (laughs) because because we are truly a, a lot smaller than we think we are and yet nintendo still chooses to go after us that's the part that doesn't make sense to me it's like you're not holding back half of America here. I mean, really, we are talking about a community that's in actively speaking, probably not more than 20,000 people. Yeah. And, and maybe a couple of, you know, like a hundred thousand like casual followers of the competitive smash scene. So why are you making such a big deal about this again? It's unbelievable. Yes. It, to, it very, it is very baffling for sure. To get in the direction of wrapping up though. I'm doing okay on time, but yes, I want to be respectful of yours. You have working out to do. Got to get nice and swole. So looking forward to, you know, seeing before and after pictures someday or however you, well, you probably won't do it on Twitter. What am I saying? But yes, please tell the people where they can find you if you would like to do that. Or if you would like to offer closing thoughts that as well, please take it away. Sure. Um, I generally only use Twitter. um, So you can follow me at NinjiSSB. I might change my handle if Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl comes the next game for me. We'll see. Um, (laughs) I don't think that will happen, though. Um, I love Melee too much. Don't worry. Um, Melee people will make sure that they also are in Nickelodeon, and they say, all right, you can't get away from us, and NG, we're going to bring you back. (laughs) Right. Melee is one of those things where even if you try to retire, they'll always pull you back. Um, A lot of people have said that, and it's very accurate. Um, (laughs) But no, I've really been enjoying this new game. I do want to give this a shot competitively and see how far I can go. Um, see if I can overcome some of those mental barriers. Um, so we'll we'll definitely go there. But yeah, if you want to follow me, Ninji SSB. Um, if I end up making content again, my channel name is just Ninji. Um, you'll definitely be hearing about it if I do decide to make a new channel out there for any new game or what have you. Or if I decide to do the game development teaching stuff, you may hear of me. We'll see. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah. Um, the name I'm thinking about right now is um it's kind of a play on words is very so it's the word variable but it's kind of broken apart very able yes so it's I'm like sh- able copyright so copyright like a, is anybody doing that I should probably look it up but just copyright just in case eh, you someone need, wants to steal it anybody can. who's like <laughs> watching it you need to make better decisions and steal stuff that that this brilliant person's coming up with I'm gonna steal everything from Walt um thank you Walt for recommending me I was very appreciated. <laughs> Um, I enjoyed this conversation quite a bit. Um, Walt, I am, you're an inspiration to me, despite you saying I'm an inspiration to you. You consistently make high quality content um, for basically nothing, which is absolutely bonkers to me. I don't know how you have the motivation to do that, but I'm glad that it's starting to pay off and you're starting to get sponsorships. So congratulations to you. Um, I think the thing that would motivate me the most right now is if I somehow got sponsored for being a player. I don't want to be like a video editor for a but I would love to be like a, a representing pl- representing player for an org. TSM, you hiring? Look it up. But yeah, that's it for me. Um, did you have any closing thoughts? Oh, so for me, uh, here's what here's what I'll say. So this is something that you were curious about before we got started. But like, yeah. I got into melee like what I felt like was a long time ago. But I was sort of like hit and miss because of my life being one where I was a tad more sheltered as a child. Uh, the internet 
was definitely a thing. So you can't really shelter a child once the internet gets involved. But my parents were a little slow to that at first. But the point is, is that I found out about competitive smash and I went, I want to play, but I'm also like 10 or 11 years old at the time as well. And I'm just like a little bit more shy. I'm was never really good at putting myself out there for a long, long time. And then other things happened. I, I got married in 2016. I've had two children since, and that's a really big part of my life. But Melee just kept, it just kept coming back. So like every now and again, it would be a Smash documentary or it would be the Evo free Melee news. It would be a really big tournament where somebody got upset. Uh, or I, I think I heard, I think I heard about Plup like winning Genesis, like new, new champion of Melee kind of thing that was going around yeah. on like Kotaku or something. And I'm going, oh, that's cool. But like, uh, I think towards the, towards the end of 2018, somehow... Somehow I've watched like some kind of compilation that involved Hungrybox and one of the summits was happening that weekend. So I watched top eight. I watched Hungrybox win that event. This was this was Smash Summit seven or eight, I believe, where he beat Leffen pretty soundly in winners finals and in Grands when Leffen came back to yeah. Grands to try to play, which, you know, it do be that way sometimes. But I still love watching Hungrybox. He's still yeah. one of my favorite players. All that to say I started to get more involved after that. And then my decision to make this podcast in the beginning of this year, 2021 was to try to get, just try to get more involved because I'm like, I can't keep, I can't get away from this game. <laughs> I can't get away. I don't even play competitively and I haven't played like the game in a little while, but I still keep coming back. So I wanted to like try to put myself out there more. And eventually when I started realizing that I could talk to people like yourself people who either do content around Melee or just participating, who are tournament organizers, who are editors. I've talked to all kinds of people who exist with Melee in their life in the same way that, like for everybody, there's a common thread where they live their lives, they're doing their own thing, but Melee's still a big part of it. And that's really, really cool to have those conversations. It is crazy. You see some of the more passionate people in our community and you you see what they create and what they're doing, but then you also see the effect it has on not just the community, but just people outside of the community and like people as a whole. And it's nuts how it transcends that layer. Um, and I'm glad that you're here now doing this and putting yourself out there. That's really cool and an awesome story to hear. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. And so long live Melee. And I hope to have another conversation with you at some point down the line, especially if you decide to get serious about taking one of your projects that you're currently sitting on and, and moving forward with it. I'd love to have that conversation with you sometime down the line. But otherwise, Ninji, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. And thank you for having me, Cypher. Um, it was a really nice conversation. Um, I like to talk a lot. So sorry if I talked a lot for you people, but um no i had a great time um you asked some really good questions some thought-provoking questions too i'm gonna leave this interview with more than what i started so thank you so much <laughs>